Good morning, Central Park Baptist Church. Good morning to you all. How are we doing? so grateful that you are the joy in our life and we're just grateful to be joyfully gathered here today uh, be with the pastor this morning in the message lord and just let our hearts and our minds be receptive to your word we love you in your name we pray amen amen and amen you know i i'm guaranteed a 100 percent participation smile from everybody whenever we do that last verse he the ha 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 verse Everybody smiles in that verse, so I think I'm just going to start leading. That may be the only hymn we do. That's the only way I can get a smile at everybody. We just sing that verse over and over again. But while you're th there, let's turn to hymn 570, hymn 570. Faith is the victory. Faith is the victory. Now, this is something we can smile about too, amen? So just don't smile from that last hymn. We can smile about knowing that faith is the victory. Hymn 570, sing along. Our encamp among the hills of the Christian soldiers ride and press the Thank you. 
is at the name of Jesus. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Amen. I'm looking forward to that day. Hymn number 438. Hymn number 438. On Jordan's Stormy Banks. Amen. Amen. If you're able to rest upon your feet again, we would love for you to join us in singing all verses of On Jordan's Stormy Banks 438. Some people may know this as I am bound for the promised land. You may be seated. Welcome to Central Park Baptist Church this morning. We're glad that you're here. Our ushers are coming forward. If you're a first-time visitor here uh, and never been to Central Park before, if you raise your hand, our ushers are going to give you a visitor card. We're going to ask that you fill that visitor card out. And uh, at the end of the service out in the foyer, there's a big sign that says, Welcome. There's a desk there, and I'll be behind that desk. And if you'll give me that visitor card, I have a gift bag that I want to give you to thank you for coming and being a part of Central Park Baptist Church this morning. We're glad that each and every one of you are here this morning. Now, there is one thing. This, this is not an announcement time, but I do want to make this aware, uh, all aware of this. If for some reason during the service you hear some voices behind you in the back of the auditorium, it's because we have some Spanish friends that have been coming, and they don't speak English. And so if you hear that, that's our people who have volunteered to go right. interpret for yeah. them, to go there, there and let them know what the Word of God says. Right. Amen. Right. Uh, it happened last week, and it may or may not happen this week. Uh, we're not trying to make it inconvenient for you or cause you not to be able to hear. They, I thought they did a spectacular right. job Amen. last week in being able to meet the needs of people without a lot of folks being bothered by it. Yeah. And so if, that, if you hear that, that's what's going on, and we want to make sure that everybody here knows. We want to welcome you to Central Park Baptist Church, and thank you for being here this morning. Pastor. Amen. Well, 
Well, you'd rather be here than any place. Amen. 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 I'm glad you're here today. Now, any place doesn't include heaven because if I said if you'd rather be rather be in heaven than here, I would rather be there. Amen. Amen. Y'all didn't say amen very good. I listen, I, I like being here, but I don't want, if the Lord says, okay, you have two choices, you can either be here in heaven, I am not going to say here. <laughs> amen. Right. Uh, you know, I'm, but uh, I'm glad you're here today. Let me encourage you. Let's, uh, you know, our mission conference is coming up. Pray amen. that God will help us and, uh, uh, and just please pray about that if you would, please. Amen. But remember, one of the things that we do to help our missionaries is give to missions. Amen. amen. And if you see all the flags, all of these flags represent places where we have uh, missionaries. Uh, we support uh, a lot of them, or you support a lot of them, and we do that together. So let me encourage you, please, please be a giver. And if you're not involved in Faith Promise Missions, you, you are missing out on a great blessing of God. So I want to encourage you to do that. But right now we're going to give. Amen. This is our offering time. All God's people can say. Amen. Well, may the Lord bless you as you give. Dear Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege that you've given us to be here. And, Lord, it is a privilege to be here today. Uh, God, please, Father, help us never to take for granted uh, the opportunity that you give us to come together as a church, Lord, and meet in this place together to worship the King of kings and Lord of lords, to worship the, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, whose name is above every other name. Lord, thank you, God, for that. Bless this offering, Lord. Bless the gift and the giver. Help us, Lord, to be good stewards of it, Lord, so that we can reach people with the gospel because it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. this time, uh, the uh, Korean ministry uh, is dismissed for Korean church. The Korean ministry is dismissed for Korean church. And if you're fifth grade and under, only if you're fifth grade and under, you're now dismissed for junior church. Amen? Fifth grade and under is now dismissed for junior church. For the remainder of us who are still here, if you could rest upon your feet, we would love to ask everyone this question. Hymn 365, are you washed in the blood? Hymn 365, hymn 365, are you washed in the blood? Amen. Oh, wow. Are you washed in the blood? Hey, man. Him 365, him 365. Are you washed in the blood? After we sing, please greet each other. Oh, have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? 
I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hands than to be the king of a vast domain and be held in sin's dread sway. I'd than anything this world affords today. I'd rather have Jesus than men's applause. I'd rather be faithful to his dear cause 
I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. I'd rather be true to his holy name. He's fairer than lilies of rarest bloom. He's sweeter than honey from out the comb. He's all that my hungering spirit needs. I'd rather have Jesus and let him lead than to be the king of a domain and be held in sin's red sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. I can say amen to that song. I'd rather have Jesus. Amen. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. And uh, we'll begin reading there. And we've been uh, talking about uh, last week on the subject of who is Jesus. You know, we read from Colossians 1 and found that Jesus reveals the Father, uh, that the Lord is the exact representation of God the Father. Uh, we also found in Colossians 1 that the Lord Jesus is the ruler of the future. Yeah, amen. amen. Not, not anything, folks, listen, it doesn't matter who's in the White House or any other house. Yeah. The Lord is the ruler of the future. Amen. amen. Uh, we also found uh, in the last part of Colossians 1 that the Lord also reconciles the fallen. And I say praise the Lord to that. And so today we're going to start at Matthew 1. Found your place, say Amen. Uh, it says there, the book of the, rev- of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Father, help us and bless us, Lord, today. And uh, God, I pray that you'd help me to preach the message that you've laid upon my heart this week. God, I pray that it'll not be me that speaks, but God, you through me. Lord, please, Lord, may we just stop for a few minutes and listen, God, today with a spiritual ear. Listen with the very intent of our hearts today. And Allow you, dear Holy Spirit, to speak to us. And, and then, Father, when the uh, invitation is given, I pray, Lord, that you'd please bring liberty in this place and in the hearts of people that they'll come and do business with you, Lord, today. It's important, God, that, that not only that we hear the Word of God, but we apply it and do something with it after we hear. So please, God, move in the hearts during the invitation time, Lord, and God, I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Matthew starts immediately here in chapter 1, telling us the genealogy of the Lord, beginning with Abraham. Now, to the Jew, if you you know anything about uh, the Jewish uh, heritage, their lineage meant a great deal. 
where you came from and those in your family tree, they mattered. Uh, and so Matthew starts out here with the uh, lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as I begin to read and, and prepare and study for the message, I, I got a little hung up here in, in the first part of Matthew 1 uh, because uh, notice the first two words of, of what Matthew said. What are they? Tell me out loud. The book. Listen, uh, it's important. You have to start with the book. Amen. Because one day all things are going to end with and be judged by the book. Uh, we read those words or these words in other places in Scripture. And, and if you have your pen, write these down. And you, you'll have to keep your Bible out this morning because I've got a lot of verses and I, I want you to read them. Listen, it's important today that you get in your Bible. I mean, don't, I appreciate you listening and you're intent on listening, but you need to get in your Bible. Amen. Amen. You need to open it. Turn the pages on it. I, I, you know, folks use their phones, and that's okay, but listen, there's something about this noise. You know, the pages of a book, amen, and, and I, I just like that. But So write these verses down, and, uh, and some of the other verses where we find these words, the book, one is in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 7 where Jesus said, I come, and in parentheses it says, in the volume of the book, it is written of me. Listen, this book is not like any other books. The, it's not the product of human thought. Now, but this book presents to you and I a life that stands alone in its claims. It, it claims to be a great example, the light of the world. Uh, uh, it, it claims to be a revelation, a revelation of new life. And it offers a gift of power and, and divine unction of the Spirit of God. Uh, this book is also a power that can lift uh, out of darkness into light. Uh, it's a book that can lift out of worldliness and selfishness into a life of holiness and, and into a close relationship with God. And listen, man could not have invented this book. Could not. Man has tried to imitate it. Amen. Just remember, we've been talking on Sunday afternoons, uh, uh, just as Pharaoh's satanic magicians tried to imitate the miracles of God from Moses and Aaron, a man has tried to imitate the Word of God. But listen, but all such are just mere imitations, and they are inferior to the real King James Bible. Listen, this book stands absolutely alone, period. Yeah. Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the Word of God is quick. Alive, that word quick means, and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. That's what happens in this book. Second Peter 1.21, it says, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of men, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So this book comes from God, and it speaks to the heart, which, listen, speaks to our heart, which is also the handiwork of God. Amen. A lot of preachers have said, myself included, I told my son this just the other day when I gave him a Bible that my dad had. I said, listen, uh, this book will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from this book. Listen, no wonder 
uh, when a preacher of the word, and I got to thinking about that when I wrote that. I don't even know why I wrote it, but I thought that's that's the very thing that we put on my dad's uh, tombstone: preacher of the word. Listen, I, when and when a preacher of the word stands and proclaims, "Thus saith the Lord," uh, uh, that that a lot of folks instead of repenting, a lot of folks instead of relenting their will to God's will, they get they get angry and they turn away from God, never to come back. But there are those who hear the same preacher proclaim the same message and their heart is gripped by the Holy Spirit of God, moved with conviction. They realize their spiritual need and then they come as a result and they do business with God. Listen, that can only happen by the preaching that comes from the book, amen, this book, the Word of Almighty God, period. That's why Matthew starts out and says, the book. Listen, we got to start with the book. Something I thought about the other day, I thought, well, you know, this book is a personal book. And write these verses down. This book will bring calm to a troubled heart. Uh, John chapter 14, verse 27, and you can turn over there. John 14 and verse 27, it says, the Lord says, peace I leave with you, my peace. He said, I'll leave with you. Listen, that, that's a personal thing that, that he does. If you look in, on over in chapter 16 and, and verse 33, <clears throat> you notice that he says there in, in that verse that these things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye, I, I told somebody this the other day, that when a word starts with the letter Y, it's plural. When it starts with the letter T, it's singular. So it says when, uh, that in me, ye, everyone might have peace. In the world, ye, everybody shall have tribulation. Talking about childhood, but ye, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Listen, this book will bring joy and lift your spirit if you allow it to do that. It will also bring hope uh, for facing the future. Uh, I read that verse of Scripture in Thessalonians the other day. It says, sorrow not as those that have no hope. Listen, that did, I told the folks there at the gravesite that it doesn't say that we're not going to have any, uh, that we're not going to have any sorrow. It says, but for a child of God, that we ought not sorrow like those who have no hope. Listen, I'm thankful today that this book brings me hope. You know how I know? Because it said this same Jesus will come in like manner as ye have seen him go. Listen, it said that when the trump of God sound, that the dead in Christ shall rise first, and those that remain shall be caught up together to meet them in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Listen, that's hope. You know what that does? brings me personally, brings me some hope. I'm thankful that this is a personal book. One of the most beloved and, and used portions of Scripture is found in Psalm 23. Perhaps the, the best example uh, uh, of the Bible being a personal book. We're not told uh, or given the time when David penned these words, but we can most uh, assuredly be glad that he did write them. I'm thankful that he wrote them. I mean, many words and a lot of books have been written down through time. In fact, I, I thought, I began to think, I wonder how many books have been written over time. Well, <clears throat> Google estimated uh, that there have been approximately, and there's a lot of factors here, uh, about 130 million books published over time. However, if you were to take away any one of these books, any one of these 130 million bu uh, books that Google said has been published over time, no matter how popular they might be, listen, it would not impact humanity in the least. But if you were to take this one chapter from the book of Psalm, 
you would not be able to measure the void and the emptiness that it would leave behind. Listen, thousands, written thousands of years ago, yet the words of Psalm 23 are as fresh as if they were written yesterday. Listen, these words, they make themselves at home in any language. And these words are personal words for every saved, born-again child of Almighty God. It said, the Lord is my shepherd. Amen. Listen, that's personal to me. It means I belong to God. Amen. It's personal. Listen, the touch, that, that these verses, they inspire us, they comfort us. Uh, the scholar it will, and the preacher will expound upon them. Listen, but the, the simple uh, born-again child of God loves them for their simplicity because they speak to our heart. Churches and people will lift these words to heaven in song of praise. Why? Because these words are personal to you and me. Psalm, or Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthened me. That's personal. Philippians 4.19, it says, and my God shall supply. Listen, you know what it's saying? That's personal to me. Of Isaiah 41.10, it says, fear thou not, for I am with thee. There's that word, starts with the letter T. Isn't it amazing how our King James uh, 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 scholars gave us a, a book that is, uh, uh, that's accurate, Bibles today say they want to take those words out because they're obsolete. Well, King James uh, writers put those in there so that it would be more accurate. Well, we got to take that word out. Not me, brother. Why? Because it's personal. It says, for thou, uh, fear thou, talking to me, personal, singular, for I am with thee, singular. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. There it is. There's that singular again. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. It's a personal book. And I'm thankful today that when I open it, it is personal to me only. But when you open it, guess what? Personal to you just as well. It's a personal book. It's also an instructional book. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Uh, a, a familiar verse of Scripture. I want you to see it. We're talking about the book. Uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16. It says, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Listen, uh, you believe this book is given to us by God himself? Oh, well, let me ask, you might not have heard me ask that. <clears throat> Do you believe this book is given by, uh, to you and me by God himself? Amen, I believe that. Given by the one who is omnipotent, omnipresent, everywhere present, one who is sovereign. You believe that? Say amen. Then if we believe this book, our King James Bible, that has been given to us and preserved by God, then we should also believe most of everything that's written in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, y'all. Most of y'all got it. There's a couple didn't quite look at, you know. Listen, uh, we should not believe most of it. We should believe all of it. Because God said, here it is, 2 Timothy 3, 16, if we believe this book has been given to us by God himself, preserved in our, for the English-speaking people in our King James Bible, it says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. That means God gave it to us. Well, if we believe that, then we need to believe everything that's written in this book. Amen. And God said it's all profitable. 
It's profitable. Watch, I'm talking about an instructional book. He said, it's profitable for instruction in righteousness. In other words, God wants man to know the right things to do, think, and say. Amen? I mean, uh, if we believe that this book has been given to us by God, then we ought to believe that this book tells us what's right. He tells us what to do and tells us how to think and what to say. It's all right in here. Amen. Amen. Titus chapter 2, verse 12, 13, it tells us that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. 1 Corinthians 15, 34, it tells us, listen, it says, Awake to righteousness and sin not. I can remember my mom and my dad both going back. Listen, and if I'm doing something, they get a hold of me and say, Hey, wake up! Not because I'm asleep, but because I'm doing something wrong. You ever get a hold of your kid's arm and, you know, <clears throat> my mom and dad used to be walking with us sometimes. We wasn't acting right. They would almost jerk our arm off. Hey, I told you to stop that. Yep. You know what God's saying here? Wake up. Wake, not just wake up, but he tells us how and why. Awake up, uh, awake to righteousness and sin not. You know, I'm convinced today that the reason many people, Christians included, I'm convinced that the reason they don't do right according to the word of Almighty God is simply because they don't want to. I mean, I can't think of any other reason. I mean, it just they just don't want to. <clears throat> they, they'll tell you they believe that this book is the inspired, preserved Word of Almighty God given to us by God Himself, one who is omnipotent, omnipresent, sovereign in all things. And they'll say, oh, yeah, I believe it. But they don't do it. I mean, for example, I just just happens to be in here. Uh, when it comes to faithfulness, people go by what they think is right or what's best for them. Well, you know, preacher, I came Sunday morning, you ought to be glad of that. No, it's not about what I believe or it's not about what I think. Amen. It's about what God said. Amen. Yeah. Or put your seatbelt on for a second. Maybe when it comes to tithing. Oh, no. Wait a minute. They give according to what they think or what they want. Listen, but it's not about what we think. It's not about what we want. It's about what God said. Do we, did we not all agree that this is a book given to us and preserved by God himself, the one who is omnipotent, sovereign in all things, the one who is in control? Don't we believe this? Then, then we ought to do it. I mean, God's plan works. Uh, in fact, God said, be not conformed to the things of this world. You know why people don't do what's in here, whether it be faithfulness or giving or anything else, is because they're conformed to this world. They're conformed to the thought process that this world has, has sold to them. But listen, I'm here to let you know, we need to go by the book. This is an instructional book. It says, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we do that? Through the book. Amen. Yeah. It's an instructional book. It's a personal book. It's also a doctrinal book. First Timothy says in that same verse, 
uh, that it's profitable for doctrine. Well, what's, what's doctrine? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. I, I wrote down a definition. Doctrine is teaching imparted by an authoritative source. Well, let's go back to the book. I mean, is this not an authoritative source? It sure is. You know, because we're going to get to this because one day we're going to be judged out of everything written in this book. Yeah. First Timothy 4, 16. It says, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Well, that's, I don't want to get ahead. It says, continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. See, the doctrine that this verse is talking about is found only here in the Scripture. In this book, the book. The doctrine that this is speaking of is the, what the teachings that are written in here given to us by God himself. And we today must make sure that we as a church and as individuals are doctrinally sound. Amen. Listen, I, I've had people oftentimes say, listen, we, we can't come there because that we, this is not what we believe. Well, wait a minute. What I say, they say, well, I believe this. Well, my question is, where did you get that doctrine or where did you get that teaching from? How did you come to, to believe that what you, what you are believing? Listen, I don't know about them, but I got it right out of the book. Listen, we've got to make sure that everything that we believe today comes from the book. I'm not here today to be as many and preach to you about uh, uh, what I think or the philosophy and, and give you some kind of a motivational speech. Listen, I'm here to just preach out of the book. Amen. Um, people want to believe what they want. Our King James Bible contains everything you need to know about God and His teaching. Solomon, the wisest man who has ever lived. If you'll turn to Proverbs chapter 4. The wisest man who has ever lived apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. He said in Proverbs 4 verses 1 through 7. Hear my children that the instruction of a father. And attend to no understanding, for I give you good doctrine. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Listen, I want you to understand that Solomon says, I'm giving you good, sound doctrine today. And it was coming from God. He said, so get wisdom and get understanding. I, I, I was doing a study and I found that there are at least 52 doctrines that have come directly from God. And they are found right here in the book. This book, our King James Bible, yet a lot of folks go outside this book to find out what God has to say. Listen, if we don't have to go any other place to find out what God has to say other than right here in this book. And if you say, well, this is what I believe, I'm not interested in what you believe if it doesn't line up with the Word of Almighty God. I'm I'm here just to... You know, do what God said. Why? Because if he gave us this book, he is holy and righteous, omnipotent, omnipresent, he is sovereign. Then listen, this is all I need. And the Holy Spirit of God said he would lead us and guide us into all truth. Listen, this is a doctrinal book. And a lot of folks today, they, they, they have a hard time with sound doctrine. Yeah, you know why? Because it doesn't go along with what they think or what they teach. I, I want to know what God has to say. And I'm here to, and I was telling the class this morning, I'm, I'm not here to, uh, I'm just here to tell you the truth. 
uh, and, and if you know if if I'm if I'm trying to teach you something from the Word of God, and I'm going to get it right out of here, and it'll be more than one verse. You know, we a lot of folks have a tendency to take a verse of scripture and twist it, and manipulate it into what they think and what they believe. I'm listen. Scripture interprets scripture always. It is a doctrinal book. But then the last thing, I've got about 10 minutes. It's an eternal book. Matthew 25, 34. Turn there with me. You're going to need your Bibles. More In just a few minutes, we're going to do some reading from it. Matthew 24, 35, it says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. In fact, John 10, 35, it says the scripture cannot be broken. Oh, I'm telling you, hasn't the world today and society tried to break the word of God? Oh, I'm telling you, they've tried to fracture it. They've tried to break it. They've tried to manipulate it. Uh, but listen, that is not going to happen. And you say, how do you know that? Well, because Luke 16, 17, it says, it's easier for heaven and earth to pass than one tittle of the law to fail. You know what? That lets me know that heaven and earth shall pass away, but God's word shall not pass away. Listen, whatever has been touched by sin must pass away. But the word of God is and will remain untouched. Why? Because it's been forever settled in heaven. Psalm chapter 12 and verse 6, it says, The words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Listen, I'm telling you, this book is an eternal book. Turn to Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20. If you get to the concordance, you've gone too far. <laughs> Revelation chapter 20. And look in verse 12. We're talking about being an eternal book. It says, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Listen, the first thing John sees and he writes is the great white throne. What an awesome sight that must have been. Listen, this is where all the lost of humanity will stand before God at the great white throne judgment. In fact, about 50 times in the book of Revelation, there's the mention of a throne in this case, it's the seat of God's sovereign rule. Uh, this throne is called great because of its significance, because of its majesty and its authority. Think, Listen, the verdict that's handed down from this throne will be absolute, righteous, and just. The, the, the authority or the, the verdict handed down from this throne will be final. There'll be no wiggle room. There'll be no loopholes. Listen, it will be absolutely final. Of Psalm chapter 9 and verse 7 and 8, it says, But the Lord shall endure forever, and he hath prepared his throne for judgment, and he shall judge the world in righteousness, and he shall minister judgment to the people in uprightness. Listen, this eternal book is a book of authority. 
people tried to uh, wash it. Uh, you know, they tried to water it down. They tried to change it. But I'm letting you know that this is an eternal book. And this book is a book of authority. Amen. That's why it changes the lives of people. That's why if people will live by the things that are written in this book, listen, it'll change you. It'll change the way you live. It'll change your outlook on the things of this life. It'll make you realize that God is just as exactly who he said he is and that his son, Jesus Christ, is high and lifted up and died on the cross for our sin. Listen, it comes from the book. It's an eternal book. Uh, Revelation chapter 4. Look there if you would, please. Even more uh, awe-inspiring than... Then the throne was the vision that John had of him who sat on the throne. The judge on the throne is none other than the eternal almighty God. Look in chapter 4 verse 8 beginning there we'll read down. It says, and the four beasts had each of them six wings about him and they were full of eyes within. And they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when, the, uh, when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks uh, to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, uh, the four and twenty elders fall down before him uh, that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy. Thee, o Lord, to receive glory and honor uh, and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. I turn back to chapter 19 and, and, and look in verse 4. Chapter 19 and verse 4 says, And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne, saying, Amen, Hallelujah. Listen, I want you to understand, more awe-inspiring than the throne that's there in heaven today is God Almighty that sits on the throne. Amen. Yet the world today wants to drag him down and, and make God a buddy, a friend, and, and he gets us kind of stuff. Amen. Amen. That's how much blasphemy can you be? Listen, we need to leave God on the throne high and lift it up and make him the same in our life today. Amen. Amen. Listen, he is God and he sits on the throne of judgment. Revelation chapter 3, we find, listen, sharing the throne with the Father is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. It says to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. John 5, it says, For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment to the Son. Now we're talking about an eternal book. The Apostle Paul in Acts 17 warned the pagan philosophers of Athens that he or God hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he hath ordained. Whereof it says he hath given assurance unto all men that he hath raised him from the dead. Listen, the countless number of lost mankind will stand before the great white throne of God Almighty. And God the Father and God the Son will be seated on their thrones side by side. And the Bible says the books 
shall be opened, and those that stand there will be judged according to the things written and recorded in those books. Listen, one of those books that we will have opened is this book, the Word of Almighty God. Uh, But another book that is opened is the eternal Lamb's Book of Life. And those whose names are not found written in the Lamb's Book of Life will be cast uh, into the lake of fire, which is a second death. This book will stand forever. And one day we will be judged out of the things that are written in the book. This book's eternal. Uh, People want to get rid of it. Uh, Listen, can't get rid of it. This book is just as eternal as God is eternal. I want you to understand something today that Matthew, he said, the book. Of the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, we, we got to start with the book. Because one day, it's going to end with the book. Can I ask you a question? My sister called me the other day. And there was a, uh, my son-in-law's uncle called him. And that they had witnessed to several weeks ago. And, and uh, my son-in-law, or my brother-in-law told him, he said, you know, Pastor White, talking about my dad, he said, he always asked a question. Do you know that you know that you know that if you died today, you'd go to heaven? And this gentleman called my brother-in-law, and he said, you know, Ronnie, he said, uh, I've been thinking about that. And he said, I need to talk to you about Jesus, but I don't want to do it on the phone. He said, but I want to know. That I know, that I know. I told my I told my sister. I said, "You need to have Ron call him back, and you need to tell him I'm praying for you. Don't you run any red lights. You keep your seatbelt on, because you, let me tell you something. You, Satan heard that. Hey, listen, what, if he didn't hear it personally, one of the imps of hell heard it, and he went right back to Satan himself, and he said, "Hey." There's this guy, he, is, he called, he is on the verge of accepting Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. He's made a phone call and he's contacted somebody that knows about Jesus and, and he wants them to talk to him about knowing Christ as their Savior. Listen, I'll tell you, Satan hates that. He will do everything in his power to keep him from knowing Jesus Christ as his Savior. I said, you tell him to be careful. Pray for him every day that God will protect him until you get a chance to tell him about the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, I want you to know that he wants to know that he knows that he knows. Can I ask you this morning, do you know that you know that you know that if you died today, you'd go to heaven? Listen, because one day we're going to get judged from the things written in this book. Can I encourage you? Uh, follow the plan of God. This works. I'm, I'm letting you know it works. God, if we believe that God is who He said He is, and and He is the author of this book, listen, God help us. Why can't we go follow and and, and listen to Him? Are we still here? Say Amen. Can't we just follow it? It it <clears throat> it's not easy. No, you think it was easy for those that followed the Lord? No, the Lord said uh, that the Lord Jesus Christ hath no man to lay his head. 
Listen, it was difficult. But Jesus has been there and done that. And, and listen, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And one day, not for you and me who are saved, but all those who are lost will one day stand before a holy and a righteous God and be judged by the Lord Jesus Christ according to the things that are written in this book. But for you and me, how we live today and how we apply these things to our life will determine who we are in eternity. And it will all come from the book. Christian, if you're here today and you know that you're saved, are you living by the book? This book, it's important. It, how important in it is it? If you're lost, it's a matter of life and death and eternity in heaven or hell. Christian, it, it, it's a, a matter for you and I today. It, it matters in this book of, about our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. How we live will determine, by this book as a child of God, will determine our maturity as a child of God. And it will also determine our relationship with him. But it will all come from the book. Father, help us. God, I, I, I pray that you'd help us to understand the importance of the word of God. Lord, Matthew starts out and says, the book. God, this book is it's a personal book. I'm thankful for that today. God, it'll bring help and comfort and peace to all who claim uh, what's written here. Lord, you said, I, I give my peace. <clears throat> God, we also know that it's a, a historical, it's a, a historical book. It's a doctrinal book. It's an instructional book. But God, it's an eternal book. One day, the uh, all mankind will stand and the lost mankind will stand. And Lord, they'll be judged out of the things according to what's written in this book. God, help us today as Christians to get in it and understand that the instructions are here for us, Lord, that it might help us, that it might strengthen us, Lord. God, that it might comfort us in times of suffering, strengthen us in times of trial. God, please help us, Lord, today. God, if there's somebody here that's not saved, I pray, God, that they'll come and get saved so that they might know that they know that they know. God, please help them. For that Christian, Lord, who's not living for you like they should, God, maybe they're not uh, <clears throat> applying the things that are, the instructions that are in here. God, help us to start today. God, please help us. Give this invitation, Lord, this morning. God, touch hearts. Give us liberty of the Spirit of God. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. While we stand and while we sing a verse of invitation to the Lord. <laughs>